Tracy and buckle up, talking about books and other stuff with Cody and Anna. Podcast, Moby Dick, Billy Bud, and other stuff that that guy's done with Tony and Banana. I am singing out of key with Holy Garbanzo's Book Club Podcast. Welcome to a book club podcast with Anna and Cody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming to our kitchen. Yes, our dining at, space. At our dining table. It's great. Good it's morning. Great. It's uh, bright and early in the morning. Hey, it's overcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I haven't looked outside It's going to rain in a couple hours. Is it really? It's a bright and early uh, Saturday morning yeah. with my beautiful tiny dog named Oni. Mm-hmm. Little onion. Oh, little he's having guy. a great morning. Good morning. Yeah, that's something we. Onion has specific trigger words whenever we say them. He goes crazy. One yeah. of them is good morning. The other one is hello. He usually barks at that. He didn't today because he's a little confused. Yeah, he's very confused why we're talking like this. Yeah, and the other one is sweet potato. No, oh. don't get him started. <laughs> His little head went, huh? It talked and. <laughs> Hey, he looks crazy. Also, um, hey, this is an exclusive um, little secret just for the podcast listeners. But something Anna does every single morning is she says, Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> yep. And, Even and, though I've never seen that movie. <laughs> in a microphone. <laughs> we have a whole, uh, hey, Dolby Digital 11.1. 4K uh, audio. 4K uh, whole, audio? Yeah, whole uh, surround sound system just so that she can say that every morning and, you know, just get us amped up for the day. Yes. Just like we're in Vietnam. I love the and war then times. We, and then we shoot up heroin. Okay. A little too far there. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, boop, 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 boop. I have some breaking book news. Oh, well, Okay. Yeah, so uh, over the night, over the evening, actually this happened at 9.34 yesterday morning, so <laughs> I just didn't pay attention until last night. Yeah. Um, Kyle, Kyle woke up to it probably. Oh yeah, Kyle probably woke up to it. In, in Japan. Japon. Japon? <laughs> Nippon. Nippon. <laughs> oh, I did it like Spanish, like the J is an H. Oops. <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Hit me with that breaking news. Cody woke me up, (coughs) and he was like, "Um, it's already 8. Are we going to record? I was like, dead asleep? Like, no. And he was like, I've been waiting for two hours already. Yeah, I told you last night. I said 6 a.m. Sharp. (laughs) I'm tired. I have bags under my eyes. That's not the breaking news, though. I can see them. (laughs) So mean. Fucking duffel bags over here. Uh, Continue with the news. Cody wants to be a single man so bad. Like, <laughs> beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. Let me tell you guys, it is so easy to get married. Very <laughs> difficult to get divorced. <laughs> I've looked into it. <laughs> At least an annulment in the eyes of God. Anyway, our breaking news is Pottermore, mm-hmm. uh, J.K. Rowling's... I don't know. 
avenue to release Harry Potter news. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so bad at this can I? Can I? Maybe I can do the breaking news. <laughs> and also, I have, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with Pottermore. Um, I actually submitted a, <laughs> submitted a slogan idea for them. Um, well, do you want to know what it is? <laughs> what? It's, ooh, gimme, gimme, gimme more Pottermore. I hate it. <laughs> I would reject that too. <laughs> I know. I got a, a letter from Rowling herself. <laughs> the cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me the news. Oh, fuck. Okay. Breaking news. Pottermore released a statement yesterday morning that said, Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms. Before adopting muggle plumbing methods in the 18th century, witches and wizards simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and vanished the evidence. Hashtag National Trivia Day. Interesting. I like that they use the word evidence to talk about um, human waste. <laughs> yeah. As though you're committing a crime. Oh, yeah. By taking a shit. You or are. pissing. <laughs> you are. They, um... I don't know. I think that it's a beautiful thing. I think it's so disgusting. I think it's so gross. I love this little tidbit. It's generated, I mean, honestly, more news than when we found out that Dumbledore is gay. No, I, I think that was a bigger story. That was like, <laughs> that, that broke and everyone went crazy. Yeah, that was definitely breaking book news. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I love the fact that this is part of the canon of Harry Potter now. Um, it's great. I actually don't know what Kyle's take on it is yet, and I feel like he is the person that this is most relevant to. Oh, he would love this. So Kyle, Cody's brother, is obsessed with the world of Harry Potter, uh, specifically, like, the minutiae of the world of Harry Potter. Like, he wants to know more about the government. He wants to know about, like, just, like, every little thing about being a wizard. Yeah. He's obsessed. Quite a nerd. I think that he easily gets obsessed with most kind of worlds, probably because he wants to... Escape. (laughs) Escape so desperately. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. So, um, yeah. So that was a great piece of news and is now scrolling through Twitter. No, I was just trying to see. There was one uh, tweet that I saw that I, I thought was kind of funny. It was like a guy saying that they, like, students at Hogwarts only learn the vanishing spell in, like, their third year. And so all these, like, first and second years are, like, pissing and shitting themselves and, like, they can't make it disappear. Yeah. Like, they have to find someone else to, like, do it for them. I wonder if they used to, like, Enchant clothing before oh, that's a, to just disappear it. That that makes more sense than people just like doing it as they go. Yeah, I mean maybe like it will only take you so far, mm-hmm. and so like you know the better your vanishing spell gets, the more thorough the clean is. That's so disgusting. I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, I feel like little kids are terrible at wiping their own asses, so <laughs> yeah. I think that it that all like really works out. Yeah, it's a uh, very gross. So, not a fan of that. She's tidbit. playing coy listeners. She thinks it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag National Trivia Day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
was just like, why was that what you released on hashtag National Trivia Day? I know. I mean, it only comes once a year. Yeah. That was your big news? <laughs> that was the big news? I mean, it's like Christmas. I'm waiting every year for hashtag National Trivia Day. And that's the piece of trivia that you give me? Are you kidding me? So let's start talking about our book selection of the month, The Life-Changing <laughs> Magic of Tidying Up. And I think that the subtitle that they give is probably only in addition to, like, international, um, like, publications of this. Oh, definitely. Because the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing makes it sound like everyone in Japan is doing this. Mm. But, I mean, it's only her (laughs) and her clients. Yeah. Because she talks about, she goes, she goes, like, all over Japan. Yeah, her clients are Japanese. Yeah, and they they also don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing. I feel like it's like kind of exoticizing Japan in a way in a weird in a weird way that is like uncomfortable to me, mm-hmm. but yeah, so anyway, we're working on section 2, which is called Finish Discarding First. Yeah, and we've started watching the show, uh, the Netflix show Tidying Up with Marie Kondo mm-hmm. um, as well. We watched the first 4 episodes. Um, and it's, it's definitely helped us to see, cause like the first episode of our podcast, we're just kind of talking in really vague terms about, you know, their introduction in the first section. And we didn't even like, we were just kind of guessing at what she meant by a lot of this stuff, but like actually seeing it in action on the show has like really helped us to see like what she actually does when she goes to a client and tells them what to do. Um, Cody has some very, oh, sorry. That's just Onion. He's barking, and he's upset. He'll be fine. <laughs> and he's upset. He's very upset. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah I, Cody has some very strong opinions about the woman in the first episode who, like, didn't like to do laundry. Yeah. So she didn't do laundry because she didn't like it, and it made her anxious to fold clothes. And um, so she's at home all day. Mm-hmm. Stay at home, mom. But she said she worked. She said she works sometimes. I just, I didn't catch that, I don't think. I thought she said she was, like, working all the time. I don't know. No, she said she works sometimes as, like, she does some kind of, like, something for, like, cultural relations or something. So weird. I don't know. But it, it sounds like she's some kind of consultant that works once in a while mm. doing this. Um but primarily, she's at home. Um, her husband works. He said he works like late hours and six days a week sometimes, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And so she's at home with their two children. I get it. The kids probably drive her crazy. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, like, are you just sitting there watching the kids go crazy? No, there's like, no way that that's the. Why case. can't you just get up and? put the dishes in the dishwasher while you keep an eye on the kids. Why can't you take five minutes to start a load of laundry as you keep an eye on the kids? Well, I also think it's like, like in the first section, uh, we read, they were talking about like, you have to learn how to do it. So it's like, if you never learned how to do it, like you, it seems like such an overwhelming and like impossible task. Like you're just like, I don't know, but it's also, I feel like there's something to be said about like really busy people, like especially people who are like parents and they also both work hiring people to like help them and stuff. Like 
I don't know. Like, people have house cleaners. People have gardeners. But to do your laundry, I think that's so ridiculous. I mean, honestly, I've considered it when we've (laughs) had, like, weekends where we spend literally all weekend doing laundry. Because we don't have... So we have a washer and dryer hookups in our apartment, but we don't have a washer and dryer. So, like, literally for the past two years, every single weekend almost, we've been driving up, like... 30 minutes to our both of our parents' houses and just doing laundry. And that's like a whole weekend that we waste just kind of like doing chores. And so the idea of someone else doing it for us, like sometimes it's like, is that that might be worth the cost, you know, the time cost of us going through and doing all of that. But the difference is they live in a house that has a washer and dryer in it. And she's home all day, every day. Yeah, okay, that, that makes a big difference. because we, if you are, have... we are gone all day, every day, and don't have a washer and dryer. Yeah, I, I understand that. But, I mean, there's something to be said about, like, you're, you're balancing your life with your chores, you know? like I think the thing is more what you hit on earlier when you said that if you don't know how to do it, then, like, you're not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like genuinely she just doesn't know how to do chores. I feel like she probably never did a chore in her whole life. Probably not. Her, her mom probably did everything for her. Yeah. And so now she's stuck in this role of, like, oh, I'm home all day. Like, there's certain obligations and expectations on me. And, like... If if the role was reversed and she was working all day and her husband was home all day, mm-hmm. the expectation is that he's cleaning all day and doing all this stuff to maintain the house. Yeah. You know, it's just like this division of labor that should be just an obvious thing that you do. And so, like, I feel like she just doesn't know how to do it. And then mm-hmm. her excuses, uh, the kids. Yeah. And it's like, no, like, you know, there's tons of people who, like, tons of families where both parents work. And also they both do chores. chores. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like all of her weird little excuses are just like weird to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to like face the fact like I just don't know how to do it. You know, like that's, yeah, I that's, guess that's not... true. Something that that is obviously very simple. Yeah. Yet you don't know how to. But that's clean. something that she talks about. Like Marie Kondo talks about in the book is like, hey, you're feeling all these anxieties about cleaning or your room or whatever. But once your space is tidied, you have to actually face the things that are giving you anxiety. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, the fact that she, like, didn't know how to do it was, like, giving her anxiety. But, like, once she faced it, did it, and she was able to, like, do her laundry, you know, she was like, oh, maybe that's not the root of my anxiety, you know? So. Yeah. It is an interesting thing, though, that it's also kind of bringing up is just the lack of, like, home economics education in this country. Like, there's zero education about any of that now. No. And so people genuinely don't know how to cook. No. And so they, like, watch a fucking tasty video to learn how to cook a meal, which is, like, insane to me. They don't even know how to cut things, yet they're trying to, like, make a giant meal based off of, like, a one-minute video. (laughs) It just, like, boggles my mind. Well, I mean, how how else do you expect people to learn? They don't know how to, like, manage their finances. They don't know how to do just the basics. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's just, like, wild to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like, yeah, it definitely needs to be something, like, schools need to emphasize, like, practical skills more, too, because, you know, like, people need these skills to survive and live and, like... Yeah, you can only learn from your parents or now, like, the internet, like you said, like, watching tasty videos or watching, you know, 
little because it's like most of the stuff that I'm seeing online now, like on Instagram and Facebook and everything, in terms of like what would be considered home economics or like home, I don't know, like dealing with the home, the space of the home mm-hmm. is like hacks. Five yeah. hacks to make your life so much easier. Here's some hacks. And it's like, everything's a hack now. Like, everything yeah. is like, here you go. Here's an easy way to do it. And Even though, like, before it was just, here's how to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's but not that's a hack. The difference. It's just living your life. Is That's something that, like, in this book we're reading, she talks about a lot, is like, it takes a long time to do this. It's mm-hmm. not a fast. It's not an easy hack. It's like... You have to go through all this stuff. You have to go through the pain and anxiety and stuff. And then at the end of it, you'll be happier for it. But, like, you have to go through this. You have to wade through the shit first before you can get to, like, where you're happy and find success in tidying or anything. It it is interesting, too, because it's, like, that pain and anxiety of cleaning and learning how to do a thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like for centuries, that was just something that you went through as a kid. Yeah. But now it's like you're a grown ass adult and you don't know how to do anything, (laughs) which is like, it's like, what was the past like 20 years of your life? for? Yeah. But that, I mean, that was a specific example. Like that first episode kind of dealt with the, like this woman and her husband and they didn't know how to clean. Like that's the, the crux of it. That's the root of it is like, they just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, the other ones like. The second episode, it's, like, an older couple, and they also, like, just don't know what to do with all their stuff. Yeah, but it like was three generations of people That's the thing, is, like, it, these episodes, it's getting progressively more and more difficult to do it. Because, like, the first episode, it's, like, these young couples starting a new life, like, with a new house, with all this, like, it's basically, like, all new stuff. The second episode, it's, like, three generations that have to go through it. They're going through stuff that they don't even know what it is. It's not theirs, you know? The Empty Nesters, I think, is what the the episode's called. Yeah, the Empty Nesters, like, the older couple that had just, like, a million Christmas decorations, which I totally relate to. I have, like, so many Christmas (laughs) decorations. But, like, it was so interesting seeing them go through, like, their process. Especially, too, they're older, so they have, like, you know, their whole lives in that house, his parents' yeah. lives, and then the kids. And so it's, like, they're going through all this stuff. And then we watched the the fourth episode where the woman is a widow. That one was, like, ugh. That was so rough to watch. Yeah, it was very sad. In this week's section, there was a part about pawning things off on people. And I feel like it's so hard when someone dies because, like you're getting like you're going through their stuff but it's like this is their whole lives this is everything to them and then to just like get rid of it it feels crazy it feels really bad and so like watching that episode oh man I was just like bawling the whole time I was just crying yeah I mean I think the main aspect that was sad was just because like she had to get rid of her husband's stuff yeah everything like all his clothes and stuff I know and also, like, it was very funny to me that she kept, like, like not insulting him, but, like, saying... Kind of insulting saying him. kind of insulting stuff. She was, like... Like, he had such a big presence. Like, physically such a big presence. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, in the show, they showed pictures of him. And he's just, like, this massive man. I like they showed, like, a shot of their Crocs together. She had, like, yeah. little tiny, like, <laughs> Crocs. And his were, like, huge. Like, three times as big as hers. Yeah. She was, like, he had such a big presence. His clothes are so big. His <laughs> shoes are so big. Yeah. 
I don't know. That was just so sad. Yeah, it was. That was it rough. made me think of like your mom and dad. I know. Mostly because your dad is very large. And also. my mom's tiny. It was exactly that. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, I was just crying that whole time. It was horrible. Yeah. But I mean, it was really good. Like you could actually like these these episodes are so good because we can actually see the process and like how transformative it is for people to yeah. go through this process of tidying up. Yeah. It's also interesting to thinking back to what we were talking about before, because in that episode specifically, she talks about like, um, he used to just do everything around mm-hmm. the house, like all the cleaning and everything. And then, so now she has to do all of it. Yeah. And so it's interesting, like she's in a position to where like, she probably has to relearn how to do a lot of this work. Yeah. Because she just hasn't done it for I think she said like forty years yeah, they were 40 together. Years. So that's that's pretty wild too to think about like she's basically like a teen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like having to relearn all this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. So in this section that we're talking about today, section two, um, it's called Finish Discarding First. So that's something we see a lot in the show is like how much they get rid of. And last time we were like, do they just throw it away or do they donate it? But it looks like they donate it. According to the show, yeah, everyone and, and, is and donating. And in the book, she talks about donating. Yeah. So that was good. That answered one of our questions from last week. Um, but so something she talks about at the beginning of this chapter is, from my experience with private individuals, uh, quickly means about half a year. And you can see from these episodes, it takes a long time. Like yeah, some of these, like a month. Yeah, some of these people's houses, it's just like, I can't believe they do it in a month. Mm-hmm. Like that, the second episode, The Empty Nesters, gosh, their house was like, oh man, like floor to ceiling boxes and just just stuff. Yeah. Everywhere you looked, it was just stuff. But they, you know, it's cleaned kinda, it out. It was kind of wild too, because like... I don't know. My parents' house doesn't have that much stuff, mm-hmm. like, as in these episodes. Yeah. And so I'm always just like, my God, like, I, I don't know what it would be like to live like that with yeah. just so much so stuff. So much stuff, yeah. My yeah. grandma and grandpa's house was like that, though. Like, my grandma would just buy so much shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. There would be just, like, like, how she kind of talks about it, like... Just, like, um, duplicates of things. Like, she mm-hmm. forgot that she bought it or whatever. Yeah. And, and she had a, sew, a designated sewing room. Mm-hmm. And the sewing room was just filled with, like, just so much fabric and just, like, unorganized sewing materials yeah. and things. And it was wild. Yeah. it's It's crazy that people can live in these situations. But, like... It happens so easily. Like, over time, you just accumulate stuff, and you just find a place to kind of put it, and then mm-hmm. you never see it again. And and I, I like that about, like, Marie Kondo's methods. It's like, she keeps talking about, like, waking stuff up. Like, mm-hmm. in the fourth episode, when they take all the books out of the bookcase, she goes around and knocks on all of them to wake them up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just like a, an interesting mindset to, like, think of your, your objects and your things as, like... You know, like having emotions, mm-hmm. and because of that, like you want to treat your objects better. You don't want to like just shove them somewhere, and yeah. that's like kind of the whole the whole book is like you know treat your objects with respect, and then yeah. you'll be happy because you're just you just have things that make you happy. There's like a branch of academia that's called 
thing theory. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, a lot of stuff that they talk about that, like, makes me think of that. Oh, really? Like, how there's, like, you know, this kind of lived life of things or, like, artifacts. Mm. It's interesting. Like, the diff- I think, like, they talk about the difference between a thing and an object. Mm-hmm. Like, a thing is something that has all of these kind of, like, it, like this history attached mm-hmm. to it, whereas an object is just, like, a, you know, a produced object without any kind of, you know, stuff attached to it. Uh-huh. That's interesting. But, yeah, that makes me think about that. It's interesting because, like, especially if you think about your things as things that kind of have this, like, lived experience. Mm-hmm. It does lend itself more towards, like, well, I should be kind of, like, curating the stuff I own. Yeah. Or, like, archiving it in some way where I'm, like, you know, doing something with it. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of just tossing it in a a box somewhere Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and I like because she talked about... So, she talks a lot about her childhood and growing up and, like, what she did in school and, like... She was kind of a crazy person. Like, I would be so upset if she was, like, throwing away my stuff. Like, I was her sister and brother or parents, and she's just, like, throwing my stuff away. I would be so mad. But she talks about, like, goes through her process, and she's just, like, constantly throwing things away. And, like, it makes her feel so good to throw things away. But eventually, like, she kind of runs out of stuff to throw away because Mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing left, you know? But she, then she finally realizes, like... We should be choosing what we want to keep, not we want what we want to get rid of. Because when you're thinking of the methods of, like, okay, how am I going to choose, pick and choose what to get rid of? Your mindset is already like, but I want to keep this, but I want to keep this, and mm. you're not like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's like, like with everything, she's like putting a positive spin on everything in her methods. Yeah, I mean, I like the part that she talks where she talks about like. Um, Imagine the life that you want to have. Oh, yeah. In this book. Like, the- <laughs> only, like, get rid of all the stuff that doesn't allow you to imagine the life that you want. That's Yeah, that was a really good one. I liked how she talked about this woman who, who wants a, quote, more feminine lifestyle. Yeah, and she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, <laughs> she was, like, talking about it. Uh, and then she said her lifestyle could not have been called feminine by any stretch of the imagination just because it was so messy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. Makes me think of a manga. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this girl's so feminine. She's so organized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like the messy girl, like just wishing she was as cute and feminine as that, <laughs> as the organized girl. Yeah. So it's just like I like that a lot. And then she asked, like in the fourth episode of the show, she asked that widow, like, what do you want this house to be? And she's like, well, I want a craft room. I want this thing and Uh I want that. And she's like, it's really important that you imagine that. And so I think it's really, that's such a good way of viewing your space. It's like, well, what do you want out of this space? What do you want to do in this space? Yeah. I like to the, the ideal lifestyle that this woman has though. Mm -hmm. It says, well, when I come home from work, the floor would be clear of clutter. And my room, as tidy as a hotel suite with nothing obstructing the line of sight. Which I think is why people like staying in hotels to begin with. Yeah. Because they're empty. Yeah, they're just like (laughs) clean slates. 
I'd have a pink bedspread and a white antique-style lamp. Before going to bed, I would have a bath, burn aromatherapy oils, and listen to classical piano or violin while doing yoga and drinking herbal tea. I would fall asleep with a feeling of unhurried spaciousness. I love it. I love the unhurried spaciousness aspect. I like that a lot. I mean, it's just, it's good to, like, visualize your space like that. Like, when I think of our new home, because we're going to be moving in two weeks, I, mm-hmm. I think of, like, okay, like, I want a lot of plants, and I want, like, I want this kind of, like, vibe and but not, feeling but in the home. But what do you want your that's ideal what, That's what it is. It's, like, I want it to be peaceful. I want it to be, like, a rainforest, where it's, like, there's all these, like, greenery and plants, and it's, like, very neutral spaces, and mm. I just, like, can, like, candles and feel, like, bliss. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want out of it. And, but, like, it's different for you because you want to be able to, like, display all your video <laughs> I games. Don't, I don't want to display the video games. I just want, like, a small bookcase, like, inside of a closet mm-hmm. to put them so that they're not just, like, in a box. Yeah. No, I, mean, that's, what I mean, that's what she talks about with everything, too, is, like, don't put anything in boxes where you can't see it because then you're not going to use it. You need to have everything where you can access it. Yeah. And, like... I mean, <laughs> maybe this is a little uh, narcissistic of me, Ugh. but um, a lot of her storage solutions, well, she said she hates the term storage solutions, mm-hmm. but a lot of her <laughs> storage options um, are things where I'm like, I've been thinking about that for years. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. Because she says, like, your closet, like... Every, it like, all the space in it should be accounted for. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about, like, putting bookcases in closets mm-hmm. and, like, you know, just having boxes in your closet. Yeah. So everything is easily accessible and you can pull things out and yeah. things like that. So, hey, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It'll be, I think, especially once we have a little bit more space, it'll be nice. Yeah, because, to... I mean, if I could share my ideal lifestyle. Yeah, let's, what is your ideal lifestyle? What do you picture? Okay. So I come home from work. Okay. <laughs> I walk through the door. Here we go. She says as vividly and concretely as you can make Okay, it. I'm not I'm not judging you. As I walk through the door <laughs> when I come home from work, I open the door and enter into a space that is both airy but comforting. Oh. Um not too filled, mm-hmm. but definitely has all the things that I need to be entertained constantly. <laughs> <laughs> you just I need, made me snort. I need to be both stimulated, but at a state of absolute relaxation. I'm a Pisces, by the way, listeners. <laughs> oh my god! So if things seem a little conflicted, they are. <laughs> it sounds like you're a Gemini. I'm not a Gemini. <laughs> I am not a fucking Gemini. <laughs> Anyway, so I walk in, and I have options for myself. Mm-hmm. I can sit on the couch in the living room mm-hmm. and enjoy the spaciousness of the open concept floor plan. <laughs> yeah. I can go um, to my office and put my stuff from work in there mm-hmm. with ease. There's nothing obstructing my my. You know, my walking path uh-huh. there. Mm-hmm. And I have a specific spot to put all of my stuff from work. Mm-hmm. So I could just put it back 
and I, you know, don't have to live out of bags like I do now. Yeah. Um, and hey, or I could go to our rumpus room <laughs> that we're planning and, mm-hmm. um, you know, indulge in about five to six hours of media consumption. Um, or I could maybe go to the kitchen, mm-hmm. start making dinner. Mm-hmm. Everything is where it is supposed to be. Mm. Nothing is moved out of place. Mm. There's no dishes in the sink. <laughs> Everything is perfect. <laughs> There's nothing on the dining table. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just want everything to be put away where it belongs always. Mm-hmm. Nothing left out. He's staring at me with such intensity <laughs> and like slamming his hand down as he's saying I'm not this. slamming <laughs> my hands down. This is insane. I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just like want to come home and there isn't like... There's no, like, chores just waiting for me when I get home. Like, that's basically my ideal lifestyle. I come home and everything has, like, is always just put away. Because it's like when you're done using it, just put it away. Yeah. You know? Um, And then, you know, I come home and I can just relax and Mm -hmm. live life. You know? Live, Mm -hmm. laugh, live, love, laugh. Live, life, love, laugh. (laughs) And I don't have to just, you know, come home and be confronted with work to do yeah. after being at work. That's That's fair. the main thing for me. I, yeah, I don't think that's outrageous. But hey, uh, listeners, what's your ideal lifestyle? What do you picture as your ideal living space? Uh, we have a Facebook group, so you should come in there and uh, I'll, I'll start a thread. Maybe you can comment on there. Or you can use the hashtag. What's a good hashtag for a, a ideal living space? Hashtag... Ideal living space. Space. <laughs> <Even> the lisp. <coughs> Ideal living space. That sucks. <laughs> Fine. A book club. Ideal living. A B hashtag A B C living. Space. space. <laughs> okay. Hashtag A B C living space. Yeah. Or A B C I. No, no, getting too long. Okay, (laughs) ABC Living Space. Hashtag ABC Living Space. Hey, if you tweet at us or tag us on Instagram, we will, uh, we'll reblog you or retweet or (laughs) re-Instagram. I don't know the the phrasing for that. (laughs) Well, we'll send your Instagram post as a direct message. To everyone? To everyone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have a social media. We'll figure it out though. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think it's good to focus on your ideal living space. Um, but m- most of the, the chapter is just focusing on how to get rid of stuff. Yeah. And a big part of the chapter, she talks about handing things off to her sister and ooh boy, I am bad at that. I always, 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 whenever I go through all my clothes, because I go through them quite like pretty often, mm-hmm. but it's just like you feel so guilty because, I mean, she talks about this, like the hardest things to, to get rid of are things that still have a function or still have value to you or, you know, whatever. Even though they don't spark joy. Even though they don't spark joy, but it's like, it seems like such a waste to get rid of it, you know? It yeah. feels wasteful to get rid of stuff that it's like, you can still still have or still use and so I end up like telling my sister or my mom or whoever to like go through my pile and like pick out the things they like but something she says in the book is like hey if 
if you bought it because you thought it looked cool in the shop, it has fulfilled the function of giving you a thrill when you bought it. So say thank you and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And if the <laughs> clothes doesn't suit you, which I feel like happens a lot, especially when I buy stuff online. I buy stuff online and then it comes and I'm like, well, this is not going to work for me. And then she said it fulfilled another important function. It has taught you that it doesn't suit you. So say thank you and get rid of it. Yeah. So. I think, like, viewing it in that way, that it's, like, it's not a waste. It it performed its function. For you. For you. But, I mean, she said you can get give stuff away if it's something that, like, the person was wanting. Or basically said if she they would spend money on it, then it's fine mm-hmm. for you to give it to them. But you can't just, like, hand off stuff that they don't like just because, like, guilting them. Like, well, otherwise it's going to go to the garbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the sister thing, Mm -hmm. she talks about, like, she had a client who owned a bunch of shit that, like, she didn't like just because her sister gave it to her. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, I don't know, like, stuff that isn't just, like, Mm T-shirts. Because she said after they cleaned everything out, all she was left with were, like, T-shirts and jeans. Yeah. And it, like, taught her something about herself. Where it was just like, oh, this is what I like to wear. Like, I don't like wearing that other stuff. Yeah. And and she, like, sighed with relief or something (laughs) because she wouldn't have to wear any of that shit she doesn't like anymore. Yeah. Which is, like, wild. But I feel the same way mostly in terms of, like, clothes that I have to, that I feel like I have to wear for, like, professional settings. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, let me tell you this. None of that shit sparks joy in me. (laughs) It actually fills me with so much dread. Yeah. And so it's interesting, though, because, like, hey, sometimes you can't just do what sparks joy for you. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of things that you have to do that actually make you want to kill yourself, such as wear all of these clothes that you don't want to wear. Yeah, that's a hard thing about, like... You know, you have to, when you have to wear stuff for work or whatever the situation is, because like especially I worked in like um, food service for a while, and f- with that I had to wear like the non-slip shoes and like black ugly Walmart pants and yeah. polo shirts, and it's like obviously this shit does not spark joy in me. I do not want these like ten boys school polos. Like I don't <laughs> want to keep these. I don't want them, but like I have to have them because it's the uniform. So. I feel like for those, it's like, <sighs> whatever. Just hide them in your closet so you yeah. don't have to look at them every day. Like, I don't know. Because there, there are things that, like, you have to have that, like, she says, like, uh, unfortunately, like, you just have to keep certain things. And that's, you know, part of life. But mm-hmm. if you emphasize the things that you love and bring joy in your life, then you don't have to think about the things that you hate so much. So, yeah, I don't know. It's true. Um, but I mean, in terms of like, uh, like her handing stuff off to her sister, like I definitely do that, but I have a lot of stuff that I've gotten from like my mom or your mom or my sister, like people just keep giving us stuff that it's like, it's hard to, because when you move out, um, I feel like my, like both of our parents, when we moved out initially went through all of their shit and was like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And it was like, do you want this old crock pot? Do you want this like gravy boat? And it's like, (laughs) I guess so. But it's like, we don't need those things. Like we need the basics at this point. We don't need these like weird specialty items. Yeah. 
And so we have all this stuff that we've literally never used. Mm. We've moved it with us five times, you Mm. know. We've moved it from Long Beach and to Riverside to uh, Fresno to Fresno and, like, all over the (laughs) place. Like, we've had these things since we moved out, but it's like we've never used them. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, like, I don't know. It's so weird that... Hey, you just dump it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. My tactic is just... People try try to pawn shit off on me, and I just say no. <laughs> no, I know, but it's also hard too because, I mean, a lot of the stuff like so I've I've had two grandmas die within the past couple years, mm-hmm. and like so I have no grandparents left in America, and I have one grandpa left in Sweden, and so like when it's their stuff, and like especially like because when my grandma died uh, in America, like her whole house was now like just. Like, what do we do with it? Like, Mm -hmm. her whole life. Because it's like, when you lose one grandparent, it's kind of like, well, the other grandparent has still has to live there and deal with Mm -hmm. all the stuff. But when you lose both, it's like, well, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like I got a lot of stuff just because I was feeling sentimental or, like, my mom or dad was like, well, if you don't take it, it's going to be donated. And it's like, well, I don't know. It was important to my grandma, so it should be important to me, I guess, you know? Yeah, but what she says is that, like, whoever, like, if someone gave you a gift or if, like, you have a deceased relative or something, what they wouldn't want is for you to keep something out of obligation. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. So, and something that I'm trying to think about too is like, maybe the purpose of certain items is to just have had the experience of seeing it. Yeah. And not to own it. It's true. You know, like there's certain things like, especially going through like, like a grandparent's house is just like, you know, I don't need to own that. Yeah. Just like having seen it. And be like, oh, like... Oh, yeah, like, oh, that was cool. That's cool. Yeah. Like, that's kind of its... Purpose. Purpose. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing she talks about in this decluttering part, is, like, you have to think of the purpose of each thing and object, and, like, why... Like, what does it mean to you, and what does it mean to your lifestyle? Yeah, like, it it is definitely a lifestyle change, because it moves all of your things away from just being something to possess Mm -hmm. to something to actually experience. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's definitely a a difference in mindset, especially in, in like, you know... um, capitalistic countries <laughs> yeah, definitely. where like the purpose of everything in life is to possess things mm-hmm, definitely yeah so i mean as we're we're getting ready to move pretty soon so in two weeks we're going to be moving into a house and we've only lived in apartments for the past couple of years well you lived in a house briefly but yeah I it mean, was still I, I, living I, I out of boxes basically lived in just my bedroom yeah so. so we've never had a lot of space but i i don't want to get to the point where it's like every space is filled. And so I feel like as we're packing and going through all of our stuff in this apartment, I think we're probably going to be going through this process, like going through our stuff and making sure like we're only taking things we want. Yeah. I mean, the good thing too is like we live in a one bedroom apartment right now. So I think like if we just keep this amount of stuff, Mm -hmm. spread over a three bedroom house, yeah. I'll be like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because I think just like 
I don't know. Like, I feel like I, over the years I've tried continuously to keep paring down mm-hmm. things so that it's not too, like, overwhelming. Yeah. But I feel like we're at a point, especially just professionally, like, in our work lives, where, like, this amount of space doesn't work. No. Because, like, we both work not from home, but... We have work to do at home. Yeah, we have work we have to bring home. And so it's like, well, we just, like, need a room to do all that in. Mm-hmm. Like, we, I don't want to do that in... The living room anymore. In the space that is supposed to be our living room and kitchen and dining room. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah, and so it, that feels very stressful. Because, like, if something is left out, it makes the whole space seem extremely cluttered. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. And I but I still feel like like even though we've we've we fit everything in this little apartment, mm-hmm. there's still a ton of stuff that I don't need or want. Like I look at our bookshelves and they're like our bookshelves are literally like packed. Like yeah. Cody has a lot of books just because, you know, he's a teacher, but like also like our bookshelves are like they have books stacked normally, they have books stacked on top. Like right now in our apartment we have uh, three little bookshelves and one big bookshelf and they're like all full to the brim and then we also have like I don't know like eight boxes of books in our storage yeah I have a lot of stuff I need to get rid of so, I have lots of like duplicate books too yeah. because we've had a lot of books in storage for years now because mm-hmm. I just don't have any room to put them and so um, I've ended up having to rebuy books that I know I own, but I'm not going to dig in our storage closet yeah. for the specific box with that book. Yeah. And so, like, I have a lot of copies of books yeah. to donate. Yeah, so we, we definitely need to go through some of our stuff. So yeah. I think we're going to be doing that, like, as we're getting ready to move. So, hey, it'll be kind of a fun process to, like, actually go through and do what she's saying in the book. But, like, hey, in real life, so... Yeah, and also I like what she says about um, getting rid of, like, discarding books. She says, like, if you, like, haven't read it or you don't like it or whatever, but you still have that urge of, like, um, but I might read it someday. Like, I need this book. Mm -hmm. She says, just get rid of it. And if you actually wanted to read it, you'll buy it again. Yeah. But most of the time, you're not going to buy it again. No. And she gives a lot of, like, ultimatums, too. I mean, she says, like, like, hey, if you can't... if Put all your stuff in one section of the room. If you don't have it here, it automatically gets discarded. So it's like, oh, shit, like, gotta make sure I have everything. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like putting those ultimatums on yourself, like these, like, hard, Oh, she says strict, about the clothes Yeah, and like, stuff. putting strict guidelines on yourself for uh-huh. this, that makes it, like, so much easier to, like, follow through with all of this. So. Yeah. Hey, I think we're going to be going through this process pretty soon. So we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit on the podcast. But mm-hmm. um, that was section two of uh, the life-changing magic of tidying up. The Japanese art of decluttering and organizing. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to discuss this or talk about anything we've discussed, we'll ha- we have the Facebook group um, where we'll start a thread. Uh, we also will have uh, the hashtag ABC Life style life space i don't remember what the hashtag was now (laughs) living space living space yeah so we'll check that out um but feel free to follow us on twitter at a book club pod or at instagram at the same name at a book club pod um and if you want to hit us up by gmail it's at 
a book club podcast at gmail.com. We have Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook How do you group. find that? It's a book club podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash a book club podcast. I don't know. Actually, just put it in the little search. Yeah, search, just search for a book club podcast. It yeah. should show up as a group. As correct? a group. There's a page and a group. So, hey, like the oh, page, okay. participate in the group. Yeah, hey, uh, invite yourself. Or uh, DM us, send us a message. It's a public group. You can and just then join. We'll send you an invitation. <laughs> oh, if you want the invite. Yeah, if you want yeah. the invite, if you are not invited to very many things. We'll oblige. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you can just join it. Too. Yeah. That works too. All right, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Book club.